right, guys. Um, I'm going to wait for a few people to hop on. <clears throat> Haven't done a pontificating with Pete in a little while, but I <laughs> wasn't going to miss this opportunity. Yep, yep, yep. Debbie could not help herself. And lo and behold, um, my congresswoman. <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate. It's just, uh, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll put up the video in terms of, you know, what was said today, just so that you all have an opportunity to understand exactly what it was that, you know, Debbie was talking about um, to Matt Taibbi. Uh, you know, I got to be honest, I, I really, my opinion regarding, you know, the Twitter files and, you know, regardless of what you think of them, uh, you know, because a lot of people obviously have very strong opinions about Elon Musk and rightfully so. Um, my opinion about the Twitter files is simply this. If you think that there's not a coordination between the Democratic Party and big tech, I don't know what you're looking at. But there's coordination with the Republican Party and their organizations now, whether that's, you know, Rumble or whatever. The, the, big, the big issue here is, is the following. Um, Number one, I don't know why Wasserman Schultz is somebody who's questioning anybody, especially when it comes to something like integrity in politics. Uh, and then you saw a slew of people like that you would consider to be on the left side of politics cheering it on. And I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand that you don't like, you know, Elon Musk. I understand that you might not even like Matt Taibbi, but you're going to cheerlead for Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I mean, I don't know if people just have short term memory or they just don't care. I don't know. Maybe it's both. But I was really uh, surprised. I was surprised. That's the only way I could describe it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the video uh, because I think it makes sense to get context so that people understand for those who may not have seen it. But uh, Debbie uh, was in her element, if you will, because she loves to scold. It's what she does best. Uh, you know, I, I will. Uh, oh, you think so? Uh, Jen is telling me this is going to create limited monetization. So does that mean I should change the title and go back in? If I should, then I will. I mean, I think I can adjust it, right? Or can you adjust it? Anyway, we're only getting a few people on, and I'm wondering if that may have something to do with the title, but... If that is the case, then, you know, I could probably go and adjust it. Uh, let's see if there's anything I can do. All right, I'm going to adjust. I'm adjusting the title on here. I don't know if that's going to make any difference or not. So just bear with me for one second, guys. Apparently, if I say Twitter files, that's considered a non-starter. So let's fix that. And I believe that should do it. 
I think that's it. Okay, so I'm gonna play the video and you guys will have context as to what happened today and why everybody seems to think that Debbie Wasserman Schultz is all of the sudden in the good graces of the Democratic Party and left politics, man alive. Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Taibbi, I, I want to ask about journalistic ethics and information sources. The Society of Professional Journalists Code of Ethics asserts that journalists should avoid political activities that can compromise integrity or credibility. Being a Republican witness today certainly casts a cloud over your object objectivity. But it deeper concern that I have relates to the ethics of how journalists receive and present certain information. Journalists should avoid accepting spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion. Would you agree with that? I think, it's, I think it depends. Really? You, you wouldn't agree that a journalist should avoid spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted? incomplete or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed or invalid conclusion? Mrs. Con uh, Congresswoman, I've done probably a dozen stories involving whistleblowers. Every reported story that I've ever done across three decades involves sources who have motives. Every time you do a story, you're making a, a, a balancing test okay. between the public Reclaiming my time. Thank you very much. Okay. I ask you this because before you became Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist, so, and pardon the oxymoron, you stated this on Joe Rogan's podcast about being spoon-fed information, and I quote, I think that's true of any kind of journalism, and you'll see it behind me here. I think that's true of any kind of journalism. Once you start getting handed things, then you've lost. They have you at that point, and you got to get out of that habit. You just can't cross that line. Do you still believe what you told Mr. Rogan? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Good. Now, you crossed that line with the Twitter files. No. Elon Musk, it's my time. Please do not interrupt me. Alaskan, Elon Musk spoon-fed spoon you his cherry-picked information, which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of, emails in, of the emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. After the Twitter files, your followers doubled, and now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for Elon Musk. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested You've made a some... No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since... You were, receipt, you were this recipient of the Twitter files. You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. Nope. You've, you, you have made money that you did not have before, correct? But I've also spent money that I didn't have okay. before. I just hired a I, whole I, group of people a, to Patently obvious answer, reclaiming my time. Attention is a powerful drug. Eyeballs, money, prominence, attention. All of it points to problems with accuracy and credibility. And the larger point, which is social media companies are not biased against conservatives. And if anything, they ignored their own policies by allowing Trump and other MAGA extremists to post incessant lies, endangering public safety and even our democracy. 
Hypocrisy is the hangover of an addiction to attention. Now, I want to point out another, another alleged finding from the Twitter files. Mr. Schellenberger, you've referenced several times this $3.4 million that the FBI paid to Twitter in 2020 that was referenced in General Counsel Jim Baker's email. I first want to confirm that nowhere in the email does Baker say that the money was paid to censor information, take down posts, suspend accounts, or do anything to, to relating to content moderation. Is that correct? It is. Thank you. But honest reporting would have explained that the $3.4 million was paid to release information, not censor it. One of my colleagues on this panel repeated your distortions and told Americans this reimbursement was used to, quote, censor certain stories. That's a flat-out lie. Mr. Schellenberger, are you aware of Section 2706 under the Stored Communications Act? It says when social media companies comply with subpoenas, warrants, or court orders, it costs them money, so they get reimbursed. The FBI makes these requests and reimbursements to discover evidence and run relevant to a criminal investigation. Let me repeat that. The FBI makes these requests to help catch the bad guys. That helps keep child predators off social media sites. It helps keep violent criminals off our streets. I support the FBI and our law enforcement agencies. It would be nice if our Republican colleagues did the same and not fabricate explanations for pavements that are defined for clear purposes in federal law. My time is just about wrapped up. May I respond? The truth is that social media yeah. companies are unregulated monoliths. They pose danger to individuals. They allow posts that bring harm. And that's the bottom line. That this, the other side, will not tell you. I yield back the balance of my time. Yeah, she's out of her mind. Um, it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to listen to her speak. I will say that. Um, it takes a lot of hubris to do what she does. Um, and I'm listening to what she was saying and, and I'm just thinking, is there really anything impressive at all about what she said? And no, there isn't. In fact, she was extremely condescending and she was basically giving a you know, a tongue bath to law enforcement, the FBI. It really amazes me just how completely closed off from reality so many people in D.C. tend to be. And the fact that, you know, she's still given a position to... you know, have some level of authority on Capitol Hill, which is unbelievable. After everything that she has put people through over the years and is still doing, acting as if, you know, she's some, again, arbiter of truth, uh, which she is anything but. You know, I remember in 2016 when she was being let go from the DNC as the chair saying uh, not what was what was in the substance of the emails that was dropped from Hillary Clinton and John Podesta, but that it was Russia who released them and you shouldn't read them, not about whether or not they're true. And she did the same thing today, not questioning whether or not the information that is being released in the Twitter files is true or not. That's not what's important as far as she's concerned. What's important is 
whether or not that information is making the Democratic Party establishment look bad, which it does, that there is real collusion going on, which there is, and whether or not the information that was released is true. That was never up for debate, and that was never in the discussion, whether or not the information that was released was true. It was just a question of whether or not it was cherry-picked and slanted, as she had pointed out, suggesting that releasing this information is dangerous and that it should be censored. And yet I saw tons of people today cheering on Debbie effing Wasserman Schultz against Matt Taibbi because they hate Elon Musk. I, I don't, I am, I am, <laughs> I don't know, I have nothing, to, I, I don't know what to say because I thought I've seen everything in politics, but this is a new low. And this is a new low for every last one of them. Every last one of you guys out there that were cheering her on today, I don't give a shit who you are. You cheer on Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Boy, you got balls. You got some effing balls. This is a person who has been involved in nonstop scandal for eight years, and she doesn't stop. Do you know what she was doing today before she decided to do this little grandstand for the cameras? She was voting to keep us occupying Syria. That's right. She was one of the Democrats who voted yes on continuing occupying Syria. You're not going to hear that talked about in the news. Why would you? Because that's shit that matters. But no, let's grandstand on, on national television about how moral of the moral authority of Debbie Wasserman Schultz against Matt Taibbi. She's the real arbiter of truth, let me tell you. Holy shit. And I thought I've seen bad stuff on, on you know, political grandstanding and acting a fool. And there, and, and you see people out there saying that Debbie owned Taibi. How? What did she do? I, I watched that. I'm sure you all watched it. What did she do? She was she was wagging her finger at him. You guys were cherry picking information. Oh, and by the way, she wanted to spend about a minute, a minute and a half talking about the fact that Matt Taibi has increased his Twitter following. That's what you're wasting your time on? Let me let me say something to you, Mr. Taibbi. You have increased your Twitter following by double, and last I checked by triple. Does that mean that you're a good person? No, it means I don't like you very much. That's my Debbie. I don't know if it's good. My point is, I, I cannot understand... It's almost like I'm living in an alternate universe where only I can see straight and everyone else sees blurred. I don't get it. Now, granted, not everybody was out there saying, you know, Debbie was this, um, you know, benevolent, wonderful person who was going around talking about how, uh, you know, how great she is, if you will. Uh, but Debbie, 
Debbie never misses an opportunity, um, you know, to try to piggyback where it looks like it's a safe opportunity to throw, you know, basically a dance on a person's grave, if you will. Not that this was a situation where Matt Taibbi was having somebody dance on, you know, his grave. That's not what happened here. But observing the commentary online and realizing that even in the midst of what we're dealing with, even somebody as vile as Debbie Wasserman Schultz can be welcomed onto the Democratic cheerleading squad as long as it's pointing the finger at the GOP or Elon Musk or Matt Taibbi because they expose the grift that is federal politics in almost every way. But to who? To, to, to the people that are within that circle? Yeah, maybe. Maybe for them it looks like something worth writing home about. But I guarantee you to the average person that's out there that watched watch this today or just watched it now, I would find it highly unusual that anyone would take away from this that Debbie slayed Matt Taibbi. Even somebody like, I, I, I hate to call you out, bro, and I got to do it. I, I can't help myself. I got to do it. Sam Sachs, you of all people were basically, listen, I understand that you're not a supporter of Wasserman Schultz. I didn't get that impression whatsoever. But seriously, there is no point in even acknowledging. You see, if anybody's smart, they would say that, I don't, I don't agree with Matt Taibbi. I don't agree with Elon Musk. I don't need to hear a damn word out of Debbie Wasserman Schultz's mouth about how you are in the wrong here and you're a dishonest person. My God, what standards do you have? Oh, I'm sorry, you have none. Did they think for one second that this was actually going to help the Democrats by having her go out there and speak wax and wax poetic about it? You're not helping yourself. You're hurting yourself. She's already destroyed the Democratic Party in Florida. Why don't you make sure that Biden really gets his ass kicked in 2024? Let her keep coming out there and talking. Really, really smart. Let me tell you. I don't want this country to go to hell. I don't, but you keep letting her go out there and talk. Oh boy, we're going there fast. You might as well not even buckle up because you're going to hit it like a nosedive. That's how fast you're going to hit the floor. The people who are objective are going to listen to what Wasserman Schultz said today and say, where's the fire? I didn't see anything there that was any one impressive. And even if it was, it's still coming from her. And I'm being as objective as humanly possible. There was nothing impressive about what she did. If anything, I would expect to be hearing more from people talking about what a rude piece of crap she is and how she talks to people. She is a despicable person. She has no class. Even if you disagree, even if you don't like Matt Taibbi, even if you don't like Michael Schellenberger, that's fine. You're a goddamn congressperson. Act like it. They 
act like this is some grand spectacle that they're out there performing like they're, you know, like they're acting out a scene from a play. Oh, I'm going to get him good. Oh, I'm going to really get him. I'm going to, I'm totally going to get that Matt Taibbi. I'm totally going to get him. I'm going to make myself look great. I've had run-ins with my congressperson and she is not nice. So to see her do that on Capitol Hill is not a surprise. Yeah, I told you how I really feel, Jamal. I hope you like it. Maybe it's more personal because she is my representative, but I got to tell you, as much as I follow politics, as many representatives as I'm aware of in terms of how they conduct business and you know, the, the grandstanding that they do. And there's terrible, there's dishonest actors on both sides. There really is. But Debbie's a special kind of dishonest actor. No self-awareness whatsoever. It's like she completely forgets the role she has played in our nosedive. That's the part that I just find so perplexing, but maybe not because it's the type of behavior that you see from certain types of personalities. And we'll leave it at that. I'm not here to diagnose her in any way. I'm, I'm less upset about her speaking and saying what she said, because she's just, she just looks for whatever opportunity she can to try to make herself look good. That's what she does. That's what she's been doing ever since 2016. She looks for any opportunity to shine in whatever gratuitous way possible. That includes only showing up for certain events locally where she will not be challenged on her record. Like I said today, while everybody's talking about, ooh, did you see what Debbie did? Yeah, I saw what Debbie did. She voted for more endless war because she's one of the biggest bloodthirsty Democrats we have. Somebody who has advocated for regime change in Venezuela, to Libya, to Syria, to Ukraine, or to Russia, I should say. Did you guys know that she made the single biggest financial transaction leading up to the war in Ukraine, where she invested, I believe, $50,000 in a drilling and fracking company, and she made the highest return on investment out of any member in all of Congress, a 65% return. If you make a 12% return, you're considered a genius. 65%? What can you say? And Debbie is the type of person who I truly believe just looks at it and says, well, everybody does it, so I'm gonna do it too. I'm a congresswoman, or I'm Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and I always get what I want. Well, apparently she does. She gets a lot of what she wants. Yeah, that's right. She made the investment three weeks before the invasion. Now, of course, she wasn't the only one, but she was certainly the most egregious of the back. But... Again, I try to tell everybody as often as I can, as part of the general public, and I'm involved in politics on a level most people are not, I can assure you 
that most of us do not have any idea about anything that really goes on. We think we do, but we don't. We feel that because we watch certain shows that we're informed, we're not informed. The people who really run the show allow you to know just about however much they think you're entitled to know, and that's it. Things of consequence? No, you're just a conspiracy theorist. That's all. And while everybody's being distracted by whatever the latest story is, like Tucker Carlson with his you know, January 6th footage, the real fight is the fact that we have endless war, the money will never stop going there, and the representative that I have had here in South Florida for quite some time is a is a bad, bad rep. And she's just not a nice person. You know, if you notice in during the interview, which was so painfully obvious that, you know, Debbie would say something and then it was almost like she gave a pause to allow Matt to respond and then cut him off and said, excuse me, I'm talking. It's like nails on a chalkboard. That's how bad it is. And to my friends, my confidants, ones that I know that are down here in South Florida, I don't hold back against Debbie. I am very reasonable with just about everybody, but not her. She's on a whole other level. And she's got to go. The Florida Democratic Party is dead on arrival until she's out. That is a fact. Just got to keep, just got to call it 100. If you really think we're ever going to save ourselves, you know, she can no longer be a congressional representative. Somebody else has to step up. It's not going to be easy, but it pains me to watch her do what she does. It really does. Because I feel bad for everybody else. I've seen people out there you know, listen to her talk and realize that that's another person that's never going to vote for the Democrats again. Everything Debbie said in that interview, in that diatribe, if you will, is everything that's wrong with politics. I mean, everything. She's such a hypocrite. You know, it's easy to get your blood boiled because you know that it's one of the circumstances where almost everything she says is a reflection of everything she's done. But the fact that she, and it's not a surprise, you know, we're not, there's no revelation here with Debbie Wasserman Schultz saying that I believe in censorship and I love the military and the FBI and the police. Does that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me. I don't think anybody can possibly, you know, <laughs> could listen to that and think, wow, we're really learning something new here. No, you're not learning anything new. You're just seeing everything for what it really is. Unfortunately for Debbie, she doesn't care. She doesn't care how foolish she looks. She doesn't care how many people she pisses off. She has a select fiefdom of individuals that she's trying to make an impression on. That's it. 
That's all that matters to her. The rest of the country be damned. And she's cold-blooded. She hates progressives like you can't possibly begin to understand. And I will tell you that one of the more memorable things that she said that, that I, you know, and of course it's not a good thing, but, you know, that she did say, was when Nina Turner unfortunately lost to Chantel Brown. Debbie felt the need to put out a tweet saying it was a mitzvah that Chantel Brown beat Nina Turner. It's, I think she relishes being the villain. I do. I think that she enjoys it. She may act like, you know, she's like Miss Innocent and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so misunderstood. But deep down, I think she loves being hated by people. Because as she has often said, when asked why do people dislike you so much? When Debbie is asked, why am I, dis you know, why, why do people disagree with your conduct? And her response is, I know better than the voters do. When asked, why do we have superdelegates in the Democratic Party and not in the Republican Party? Because we need to prevent left challengers to our incumbents. And she said that on national television. Conversation she had with the captain of the D.C. Metro Police regarding uh, Awan's uh, laptop. It's just everything. It's not one thing. It's just a succession of things. That's just a firm reminder of, you know, why is she there? What, what good is she doing? I read an article right before I came on about an endorsement she received locally by some publication. I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't the Sun Sentinel, but it was something local. Point being, when they're highlighting why Wasserman Schultz should continue to be supported, everything always gets back to money and power. Well, she sits on the Appropriations Committee and she's ranked number two in this one. And then it's about how much money she's, she you know, has brought to Florida. It's just bribery. It's not actually anything that's good that's being done. But, you know, she's ruled with an iron fist for a very long time. And she has set the Florida Democratic Party back further than I think people can possibly understand. You know, what I always like to point out is that when she came into Congress 20 years ago, the very first presidential election that followed her, you know, initiation into the federal legislature, uh, Obama won Florida by three points. And that was 2008. That is the highest that's been achieved since then. And since then, little by little, everything's been going down. The very next election cycle, which was 2010, which is the Republican sweep of the Democrats, 
in the midterms. That was also when Wasserman Schultz was named prior to, I believe it was in, was it in the summer? I believe it was either early 2010 or mid 2010, where Wasserman Schultz was named the head of the DNC. Sure enough, she, she certainly ushered her way in by the Democrats getting absolutely destroyed. Within two years, not even, President Obama actually was attempting to get Wasserman Schultz out as the head of the DNC. But sure enough, she claimed anti-Semitism of our president. This was a big deal at the 2012 National Convention. I know a lot of you probably don't remember it, but I do. And so sure enough, backed off. Debbie stayed on as DNC chair. You know what happened the next election cycle in 2014? Well, it's funny you should ask. What happened was she was spending money as the DNC chair at a clip that you spend during a general election for the presidential uh, for the president for the presidency. And instead, in an off-year election in 2014, she was spending money at a rate that was basically double. So bankrupted the DNC. The Clintons come in, buy up all the debt, and basically say Hillary is inevitable in 2016. Bernie comes along. Oh, and keep in mind, in 2014, the Democrats got kicked, got their ass kicked in that midterm also. Really used the money wisely, let me tell you. 2016 comes, and sure enough, the entire time, if anyone was really involved in the primary, they knew something was wrong. They knew something did not make sense, and it seemed like you know, everyone was saying, oh, you're paranoid, you're crazy, Hillary's just more well-known, people love her, Bernie is just a small, is just a center from a small state, he's really conservative, blah, 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 blah. But I knew something was wrong. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew something was definitely wrong. And sure enough, the... WikiLeaks files drop. Sanj does what he has to do. It is revealed that Wasserman Schultz was working hand in glove with the Clintons to make sure that she won the nomination. Very well detailed in terms of the activities that she put forth in order to do so. Not the least of which was limiting the debates, putting debates on at bad times. I remember one time, I think one of the debates was on during uh, NFL playoff Sunday, which was unbelievable. Um, there was there was just so much stuff, and then eventually she's taken down as the DNC chair, but it never ends. I wish I could say Tim Canova ran a great campaign, but he didn't. Wasted a lot of money, a lot of resources, and to be honest, he wasn't a great candidate. And that was a lot of money that got left at the side. And he soiled a hell of a lot of relationships down here. He really did. 
He burnt so many bridges. He completely decimated whatever left movement actually existed down here that could have been cultivated and made strong. Made it all about him. Then in 2018, he runs as an independent and completely makes a even bigger mockery of what was going on. And Debbie skates again. And then Jen comes along, and I'd like to think we did a pretty good job, all things considered, in 2020. Uh, you know, the pandemic obviously played a role, but there were a lot of barriers that were in the way, and Debbie had just about everything to do with them. And 2022 passes, and here we are. And it's a lot easier when she's not in the spotlight, when she's not being seen or being heard. But when she sticks her neck out, 99.9% .9 of the time, she's doing it for an absolutely atrocious reason. And that's what she did today. She did it again. I wish American politics wasn't like this, but she's really emblematic of it in many ways. And it sucks. It really does. We deserve better than that. We do. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I just know that the Florida Democratic Party is never coming back to any semblance of viability until Wasserman Schultz is out of politics. And today just further reiterated that point. It, it confirmed my suspicion. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't listen to what she said until I put it on here earlier. Because I didn't really see a point. I didn't see any point at all. But now that I did hear it, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised at all at what was said. I mean, it's pretty standard operating procedure from what I could see. And the idea that people think what she said was something impressive of some sort. I mean, honest to God, I, I, I don't know what they're looking at, but it's, it's pretty sad. It really is. And most people really don't know the depths of which she goes in terms of her corruption, in terms of her attitude, in terms of the fact that she has so much responsibility on her shoulders regarding the state party, regarding the decisions that have been made, the type of nefarious tactics that she employs that no one knows about, the way that she stabs people in the back, the way that she throws people under the bus. You know, I'm not going to get into details because frankly, it's not really important. Most of the suspicions one would have about Wasserman Schultz are true. They are. So take with that what you will. I don't like having to ever talk about her, which is why I get really amped up about it when I have to. But I kind of felt that I needed to tonight. This was more or less an, an, a necessity, a cleansing, if you will. And I hope a number of people will see it.
and they understand why it pains me so much to see her on the Hill still, why this has been sort of a personal mission of mine to see her out of politics for so long. Um, you know, we all want to see some semblance of justice in this world. And when we see people like Debbie, who are still in politics, knowing full well how many of us were so fully vested in Bernie in particular in 2015 and 2016, and to see just how much we've suffered as a result, the left movement is nothing like what it was, barely hanging on at this point. And the fact that she's still on the Hill and still grandstanding in that capacity, it sucks. It really does. It's better when she's not around, when you're not having to even hear about her. Or as SG said, I didn't even know she was still around until today because she decided to come out of her shell. She really did. And I hope that there's enough um, common sense that when you, you know, kind of assess everything, it, uh, I mean, if you're being completely objective, there was, like I said, there was nothing impressive about anything that she said today. And even if there was, I, I just, I don't know how somebody grandstands like that knowing that they're carrying so much baggage of their own that is just completely brutal. Wasserman Schultz should not be a federal representative. And today was just another example of why that is true. As I said, whether you agree with the Twitter files or not, whether you agree with Matt Taibbi or not, whether you like Elon Musk or not, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is the last person in all of Congress that should be questioning a person's integrity and honesty because she has none of it. Zero. She's a bad representative and she's an even worse human being and she should not be there anymore. See you next week. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.